Listen, cussing is what grown-ups do. Please be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian feminist and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. 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 This is fun. Hello. Hey, baby daddy. Hi. How you doing today? I'm I'm doing pretty good. I said, how you doing today? How am I doing today? How you doing today? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm so excited to be here. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I've been I've been looking forward to this. Me too. This is episode 37 of season three of That Black Couple. And I need everybody to go grab them a honey citrus mint tea mm. from Starbucks. They're so yummy. They're so good. But also, I feel like it's allergy season. Everybody got boogers, and I feel like it's my girlfriend's favorite drink right now. And it's it's real good for your throat. It's good for your throat. T-H-O-A-T. Throat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go get one. Go get one. Today. Have a seat. This is That Black Couple. I'm Jen. And I'm Darren. Before we get started, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at That's BLK Couple, on Facebook at That Black Couple, and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com. And you can stream our podcast anywhere podcasts are streamed. So that means Google Play, it means iTunes, it means Stitcher, it means SoundCloud, all of those places you can find us. And when you find us there, give us good ratings, give us great feedback. Give us some comments. Tell everyone how great and wonderful our show is because all of those things are true. Can I gas this real quick? Oh, yeah. So I went on uh, Apple Music because I downloaded Apple Music the other day because my girlfriend got an iPhone. Mm. And I saw our... Did you just... mm? Go ahead. Continue. Mm, Because we got Android. I know. (laughs) So, because I wanted to buy her a book on on Apple. And I saw our podcast. Do you know what our rating is on there? I don't know. What is our rating on there? It is a 4.8. Out of Ooh. five. Ooh. So y'all been listening. Y'all, and y'all been y'all listening. Been rating. And y'all been rating. And the re- the ratings were so good. They were like, oh my God, this is the blackest podcast. Finally, we have a polyamorous couple with polyamorous content. Oh my gosh, it's so pro-black. I love hearing from them. Their vibe is so on. I love their chemistry. I said, okay. Okay. I said, okay. I mean, Okay. I mean, it's 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 kind of true or whatever. Can we say that's accurate? <laughs> I'm excited. So thank y'all for doing that. Thank and you. keep doing it. And recommend us to your friends. Send them the link. You know, drop some juice on our Patreon. Drop some juice on our PayPal. Like, you know, support us. We really appreciate that y'all listen to us and that y'all care about the work that we're doing from our little basement out here in Syracuse. And we just want y'all to keep looking out for us because we love y'all. And we're going to keep doing it. Okay, let's get started now. Let's go. Okay, so like I said... This is episode 37. It's the rundown episode. It's called Toxic, open parenthesis, black, close parenthesis, masculinity, and celebrity culture. So just so we're clear about this, 
Toxic black masculinity and celebrity culture. The reason why I want to make sure that black was in parentheses is because I don't want nobody to make, make it seem like we're saying that toxic masculinity is the result of blackness or the responsibility of black men mm-hmm. because it's not. Patriarchy, anything that is systemic, white supremacist in its origins is inherently anti-black. So if black people or specifically black men reproduce or embody it, it is not necessarily that it is rooted in blackness or that it it originates in blackness. It's just that we often will reproduce the things that we live up underneath. There are black people who act in white supremacist ways. There are black people who hate black people. Mm -hmm. There are black people who are anti-black. And there are black men who are toxically masculine and who harm black women. And we just got to talk about it. And we, and we, we need to take some um, accountability. For we that. have to be accountable for it. And that's what we're talking about today. I don't want to hear no bullshit on the Internet like, oh, my God, they hate black men. We're not doing that. We can hold multiple truths simultaneously. We can love one another. We can love black men and we can hold them accountable. OK, we're not doing that shit today. I'm here for it. Or any day. OK, now moving forward. Now, segment one. Let's talk about what's on our minds. And, there, you know, since we have recorded a podcast episode, a lot has gone down. A lot has happened. Oh, my God. It's like the world. We thought it was on fire. Lord Jesus. And then it, it just got They said, inflamed. here's some napalm. Yes. Let's just throw that on there, too. It's really a mess. So I want to talk about Roe v. Wade, okay? Part of the reason I want to talk about Roe v. Wade is because, you know, obviously I'm a political scientist and this matters to me. Um, Roe v. Wade was decided on January 22nd, 1973. Um, This was an opinion of the court, of the Supreme Court. And Roe v. was a landmark decision that essentially said that, you know, the U.S. Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive governmental restriction. Now, we have to talk about this because, unfortunately, uh, a leaked document has come out that says that the Supreme Court will be overturning Roe v. Wade. And this is not to be taken lightly at all. This is not, this is not, and I have, I have to tell my students this all the time in my gender and politics class. When we talk about reproductive justice, this is not just a problem that affects air quotes women. Okay. There are many people with uteruses who are not necessarily women. I don't feel like giving this whole lesson today, but yes, there are trans folks of all genders um, and all experiences who may have a uterus and who also need and deserve reproductive care and justice, okay? But in addition to that, beyond this being an issue about reproductive justice, this is an issue about class and race, okay? Because the people who have access to health care will continue to get what they need. We've seen this happen. I like to think about, uh, I don't like to think about it, but one example is during COVID. When we saw all those testing facilities opening up, when we saw all those vaccination facilities opening up, the first people in line, the first people who had access were wealthy white people. Mm -hmm. They made sure that if they even had to drive to the hood to get access to the care that they needed, they went. And so we have to understand that when the Supreme Court guts laws that protect marginalized people, think about Roe v. Wade, but also think about the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which they voted, they voted down and gutted in 2013. When they make those decisions, 
The people who they put at risk are the people who are already the most vulnerable. And it's not just the people who are directly affected because they have a uterus or because they are somebody who needs to figure out how to vote. It's the entire community around them that is affected. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now we're looking at a system and and a process that puts women, femme folks, trans folks and anyone with the the ability to give birth at risk of being criminalized for not wanting a pregnancy. It puts them at risk of dying in an unwanted labor. It puts them at risk of being in a situation where they now have to give birth to a child that they cannot afford, right? There are so many risks here. And I really want us to think about this because the people who are doing this are people who do not have uteruses and who do not have the ability to have children, not because of uh, some type of medical issue or some type of disability that obviously I'm not talking about, but because their uh, body type is not one that reproduces children inside their body. Right. And so that is unfair inherently. And that's why we're talking about toxic masculinity today, which is patriarchal, which is white supremacist, right? Gender in and of itself is problematic. And this is one of the ways that we see misogyny working in our government to make it harder for folks to even live their daily lives. Why the hell we even have to do this shit right now? We got shit popping off in Ukraine and Russia. We got something called monkeypox. We got, yep. we got COVID-19. We got all type of uh, debilitating situations happening in states around the country that don't have the infrastructure they need. We got education issues. We got mass incarceration issues. We got all type of gun issues. And the first thing the Supreme Court thinks is, you know what we should do? We should make it harder for people to get abortions. And I mean, I I don't want to go in too deep on this, but I mean, if we're being really real about it, you know, how did it get to the Supreme Court? It was Texas. And, you know, it, and it wasn't just Texas. It was states all through the South that have been targeting Roe v. Wade for years and years Conservatives. and years and consistently trying to get another court case, another court case, another court case to try and find the loophole to bring down the, the whole the whole house. And this is why so many of us have been been sounding the alarm for so many years about the Supreme Court and the danger of who is in the presidency because the the ability to support to appoint Supreme Court justices is such a it's such a powerful tool and it lasts so long after folks are out of the White House mm-hmm. and it puts us at such immense risk. Terrible. And that is something I am enraged by this. And I just want us to think about that as we move into this episode, because, yes, we will be talking about a lot of black men today on this episode. But really, the larger conversation here is around the ways that many men uh, invest in a form of toxic masculinity because they believe that these types of issues don't pertain to them and they frankly don't give a shit. And when they don't give a shit and they think that this is not about them, not about their wives, their daughters, their sisters, their aunts, their mothers, then they move in such a way that they actually do harm and they oppress people. They oppress women, they oppress trans folks, they oppress femme folks because they do not actually care about folks' lives. And yeah. that is a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, that's one way to start. It is one way. 
You know which way I want to start? Go ahead, boo I want to talk about the Oscars. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. Oh, no. I'm sure a lot of people have been waiting and wondering what we were going to say and what we were thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't want to spend that much time talking about it. I don't think it's it's worthwhile to talk about. But what I will say, the one thing that I want to, what I want to say about the confrontation that occurred on stage between Will Smith and Chris Rock was that um, I saw so much pearl clutching from white women talking about how traumatized they were and how terrible this this was. Hold on, hold on. You mean white women and Wanda Sykes? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Her too. She she she's scarred. You know. Oh, I'm so traumatized from watching. Okay. Because she's been sleeping with white women for too long. <sighs> um. Yes. So I saw a lot of people there were so traumatized. Um. And what I think was so interesting about that is that people really want to throw Will Smith away, and they still want to throw Will Smith away, and they're like, he's a terrible person. He's a horrible person. And let's just be honest. That's just a lie. He's he's not a bad person. No. He did he did walk up on stage and. And slapped the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth. Sure. He did do that. That sure. is true. Sure. He's also someone who has been a major supporter of, of black creative work. He's been a major supporter of black women. Mm-hmm. Just one example, one of the most recent examples is when he was uh, shooting King Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, and his co-star, Anjanou Ellis, who played his wife in the film, mm-hmm. was getting paid less. Mm-hmm. And he took, it, took time out of his day and said, hey... That's not cool. And he went and secured a bigger check for her. Sure did. Right? He didn't have to do that. No, he didn't. It was not a requirement. No, it wasn't. Also, the same thing when you think about Jada. He really was out there trying to defend his wife. He really was. And we do not know, and we still do not know, what has gone on and what what pain she's experienced and what conversations they've had in the intimacy of their own home. Was that something to be adjudicated on the Oscar stage? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not the right time. But it happened. But all I know is what, what has been reported is after the fact, him and Chris Rock, and I think it was Diddy, sat down and they talked about it. They squashed it. They all moved on. I don't know why everyone else is, is still so Because so white up people it. saw it. And I'm so exactly. tired of white people looking at black people and having something to say. Shut yeah. up. Now, to be clear. This is the toxic masculinity episode. Yes. Walking up on the Oscar stage and slapping someone in the mouth. That... That's an example. Yeah. That's a, that is an example of toxic masculinity. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, I think I think to what you even open the episode with is we have to give a little bit of grace and talk with a little bit more nuance about this, especially in relationship to black people. Yes, it's so complicated. It's so complicated. And I just really want us to stop trying to wholesale put these labels and these narratives on black folks and black culture because they're not made for us. Exactly. So many white women came out and was like, oh my God, toxic masculinity. Will Smith is toxic masculinity. I'm like, you don't think it's toxic that Chris Rock was sitting up there berating a black woman once again? Exactly. This was his second time doing this at the His Oscars. second time doing that to Jada and he made a whole movie that he treated like satire about black hair and didn't even take it serious. He has black daughters. We have to stop acting like there is one story, there's one side, there's one narrative when it comes to blackness. There isn't. And we are navigating a social world that wants us annihilated. So when white folks are gazing upon black people, they have to shut the fuck up. Mm. True words were never spoken. Girl. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. 
are new listening, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid rankings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. All right, let's get into the conversation. I'm so ready for this. So now we're talking about real toxic black masculinity. Uh, Are you ready? The lineup we have for this. Who do you want to start with? uh, I want you to start. I'm going to start with Kevin Samuels. Go ahead. Do you know who Kevin Samuels is? Oh, I know, but but let's let our readers and and listeners know. Kevin Samuels was a black man. (laughs) Not the the emphasis on the was. Not the emphasis on the was. 53-year-old, very well-dressed black man. Clearly has a very good barber. I'm trying to find compliments before I get into the story. Well, and 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 apparently the it's apparently the jury is out on whether or not he had money or was broke. We don't know. We don't know. But we do know he dressed like he did. Yes. Awful person. Um, who treated black women like shit and talked about black women and said things like black women were leftovers. I watched a video where he told a black man um, that he had a small penis and was fat um, and that uh, no woman should date him and that he was not marriageable. Uh, and he told this black man this to him, his face. Shockingly enough, black men liked him. Yeah. Um, he referred to black women as leftovers when he said, if you are, uh, if you've made it to 35 and you are unmarried, you are a leftover woman. You are what is left. Men know that there is likely something wrong with you, whether you want to hear it or not. I'm going to go there with you. I'm telling you the truth that you don't want to hear. He also said, beauty is universal. And the thing is, when you're talking about black women, they are on the opposite end of the spectrum in all ranks. Mm. So, um, the ancestors, um, didn't appreciate him saying these things. They were lying in the cut, y'all. His final Instagram video uh, about college educated women, he said, why are so many modern women holding out? What are you holding out for? Whatever it is, ladies, it ain't working. And the net result of it is you become a party of one. So that's really interesting, um, because he, died um and he was not a party of one when he died uh he was 57 years old he died on top of a mexican woman um and he had a heart attack uh and passed out on top of her and he complained of chest pains and he died immediately Mm. this happened in early may Mm. Um, and I just feel like, um, I just feel like, you know, I'm not going to just sit here and like outright, like ha ha laugh or anything. I, I think that, you know, we have to consider that the ancestors is tired. Our ancestors is tired. Yeah. Our ancestors is tired. If I were, if I were a toxic black man right now, I would shut the fuck up and I wouldn't be out in public talking about black women. I might whisper it quietly. But, you know, that's the catch-22 of being a toxic black man. But listen, it's, I wouldn't even whisper it because the spiders might hear you and they might go tell the hummingbirds and the hummingbirds but, might tell you ancestors. But that's, but that's the thing, though, is if you're toxic, then you believe that you should be heard. And then you believe that you are right. Hey, listen, it's dangerous out here for y'all. I suggest y'all sit down and shut the fuck up. I don't understand. Why do you have so much energy to talk about black women? Leave us alone. I, I honestly, 
in a, as a general rule, don't understand people that have that much time and that much energy for negativity. I actually don't even. Get I don't it. either. Why are you so obsessed with being negative and hurtful towards people? Are you Why bored? Are you, not are you bored? But here's the thing that concerns me: this man had 1.4 million followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So part of what his obsession was is that people were following him, and a lot of them were black men. So a lot of black men actually agree with him, and that y'all is toxic masculinity culture. That's not just an individual who espouses toxic masculinity ideas and narratives. It's the culture surrounding it. It's the men who are like, yes, that's what you supposed to do and i always think back to when i watched that video i can't remember his name the football player who's who socked the shit out of his girlfriend fiance and punched her in an elevator and then dragged her body out of the elevator and all people could think about was oh my gosh will he return for the next season Mm -hmm. like things like this are very concerning to me because when black women are harmed by black men the overwhelming support from other black men goes toward the black men Meanwhile, black women are terrified and scared of intimate partner violence. But but you have to also remember that he had a lot of black women who were supporters. I know because the respectability, the, the, the thirsty hoses out to there. To me, it's, it's the same thing as Steve Harvey when he goes out here and tells women how they're supposed to act. And then they, they think, oh, well, I, th- if this man is telling me, then I guess and they go he out, would know, right? And they go out and buy his books. And I'm just so concerned. And this is what I'm saying is like, like I said at the beginning of the episode. You can be black and believe in white supremacist ideas. You can be black and be anti-black. You can be a black woman and be against black women. And we have to understand that multiple things are true simultaneously. Whew. Okay, so let's shift. Let's mm-hmm. sh- shift the atmosphere a little bit. Um, I just want to talk about black men and this feeling of just believing that that they are due things and believing that the rules do not apply to them, Mm -hmm. believing that they are above it all. And I'm actually going to talk about two people because I feel like their stories are very similar. Agreed. Um, And their names are Todrick Hall (laughs) and Darius Cooks. That nigga. Ooh, I, 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 I just love both of these stories because they're they're so similar. And they're so awful. And they're so terrible. So if you don't know who Todrick Hall is, Todrick Hall is an entertainer, performer, dancer, singer, actor, Everything all the above. He's person. on Drag Race. He's been on. He's been on RuPaul's Drag Race. He was on American Idol. He he's was, very talented. He's most recently been on Celebrity Big Brother, and and that was actually what has really kind of started to to bring about his downfall. Yeah. So with Patrick Hall, there's been a lot of rumors about him for a long time about him basically exploiting people, not paying them for things like Sheree. Similar to Sheree. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Real Housewives of Atlanta in a little bit. I know. I want to um, <laughs> foreground it real quick. Go ahead. But so, so that's kind of what the, the story is. That's kind of really been his rise is that he's really used people that like him to get free labor. There's been rumors about people actually moving things for him, like moving homes for him and actually carrying boxes and packing up his belongings, dancing in his videos and getting no pay, um, you know, all types of things. Um, also a lot of rumors about bad treatment of fans and kind of disregarding people, a lot of things about him being a liar. And he most recently went on Celebrity Big Brother. And the thing about Celebrity Big Brother that's so good is that they don't have any contact with the outside world. Mm-hmm. So we're watching them. We're seeing all the things that they're saying. 
and they have no idea how it's landing. Mm. And there were a number of things about him saying about like the cameo service where you can you can basically pay for a celebrity to like give you a phone call or like a birthday wish or something. He basically went on there and saying he was charging people whatever he felt like charging them and that he would say the exact same thing every time. He would he wouldn't really care if it was personalized. Basically saying I really don't give a shit. I'm just here for the money. I'm not here for actually making people feel special or mm-hmm. for making people that, you know, spend all of their hard-earned money on me to actually put any real time or effort or care into the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened though, was with him being on TV, people start to talk about him more and more and more. And all the stories came out about him not paying people and about how much of a horrible, horrible person he was about how he said that he owned a house that he didn't own. He actually wasn't paying it and he got kicked out. All the terrible stories came out. And mm-hmm. so when he got out of the house, he basically was hit with a deluge of bad press good word he was also in there talking shit about people's kids he was i'm just a terrible person right and so it was one of those things wait, where wait, wait, hold on. kids like children under 18 yeah good lord yeah chris wasn't in chris kilpatrick from nsync was on the show mm-hmm. and i guess at one point he said oh your kids are going to be really disappointed in you about how you acted as a like just really just terrible things that Awful. you don't say as a human being right and so now after the fact he's kind of been crushed by all of his own actions which Mm is once again the ancestors just have a way they really do they just really have a way i love the ancestors just bringing it right around like the perfect timing hallelujah second one that that i brought up was darius cooks Mm -hmm. if you are a black person on social media you probably know who darius cooks is Mm -hmm. he's that black dude who's always doing instagram lives about cooking and he has all of these live events where he cooks food for people in in a house and you're supposed to come and spend like 200 dollars or something to get this dining experience um but he's been literally exposed as a fraud mm-hmm. he is someone who basically he goes and he rents airbnbs for these events airbnb does not allow you to hold events in the homes that you yes rent. and this is not yes yeah, he problem. got caught doing it they banned him he then had people that were working for him use their Airbnb accounts so that he could continue doing things that are basically illegal. He then also, whenever anyone says something bad about him, basically doxes them. He asks his his followers to get information on them so they can threaten people. And he says, oh, my followers that work at like, you know, your mobile phone company, you know, they access and they get the information and they, they send me your background check. And so I have all this information on you. Basically trying to threaten and demean people from from saying negative things about him. Mm. And I just feel like and and that's now blown up. It's been covered on like actual news stations in, in Atlanta. I mean, the heat on him is is hot. As it should be. And what I think is so funny about both of these people is these are both people who clearly feel like they are due whatever amount of money, whatever amount of celebrity, whatever amount of clout that is really not deserved. It's not earned. They just really feel like they can just do anything and move outside of the rules because of who they are, because mm-hmm. they just feel like they are special and they're above it all. And that to me is one of those things about toxic masculinity is, is this belief that inherently just because of who you are, somehow the rules don't apply to you. Mm-hmm. Somehow you are above the fray. Somehow mm-hmm. you do not have to be held to account. Mm-hmm. And this, these are two great examples of people who are definitely being held to account snowflake for their actions. Snowflake Negroes. You can mm. say them snowflake Negroes. Yes. Okay, so then, okay, then let's add someone to that. Yeah, but this kind of goes. Okay, yeah. so I don't know how to say his names. I don't give a fuck about him, and I've never listened to any of his music. 
So is it Tori Lanes or Tori Lanez? I say Lanes, but I feel like it's Lanez. I also just don't give a fuck. So y'all say whatever you stupid, want to. But, but just the awful fucker who shot Megan the Stallion. Let's yes, just say that. That's so name. let's talk about this because Megan has come out several times and she she's written op-eds. She's done uh, interviews about this and she's gone through a lot of trauma and emotional um, turmoil over this experience. So it's now come out that what essentially happened is that after a pool party at Kylie Jenner's house, um, Tori, whatever the fuck his name is, um, essentially shot at Megan's feet and said, dance, bitch. Dance, bitch, mm-hmm. to Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Okay. Um, she she was shot in the foot when he did that. Um, and when police were called to the scene, she lied on his behalf because this happened during the same time that George Floyd had just been killed. So all of these uh, uprisings and protests that happened around the country, she was looking out for him. And she was concerned about the the attention, the negative media attention that could befall the whole situation. So she was fearful of the police taking action against him. But then when she had a medical report done, they found that there were bullet shards uh, and fragments in her feet. In, so then, In both feet, actually. In both feet. So then she had to be like, well, yeah. <laughs> I got shot by that uh, bootleg rapper, right? So after all this happened, you know, the Tory guy um, goes on a whole campaign to essentially uh, defame her and to pay her off, to manipulate public opinion on about her, to drop his own music. Like he used it as he used it as an opportunity to try and bolster his career and his name. Now, listen, this has happened to me before. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with men. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know. Like, I don't know what this reaction is. Like, oh, I did something awful. Like, clearly fucking awful. The first reaction is preserve my reputation. That's, Mm -hmm. that is strange to me. It's masculinity over everything. I get it. But damn, you shot a very well-known, prominent performer in the fucking feet in public at a very prominent entertainer and model and mogul's house. And you're like, well, let's just drop some music and move on. Bitch, what is wrong with you? So what is interesting about this story um, to me is the fact that Megan actually tried to look out for him and he still did all this awful stuff to her. And that to me is the part that we haven't talked about. And I remember when this happened, a lot of, again, black men came out and was like, well, she probably was doing something. I bet she was talking shit. I bet you she was. The same thing happened when Chris Brown beat up Brahana. Like everybody was like, well, she probably was, you know, Rihanna, she from the islands and you know, she probably was doing something to him. There is no justification for violence against women. There is no justification for violence against any woman that is trans or cis. There is no justification for violence against femme folks. There is no justification for any masculine of center male, male persons, uh, assigned male at birth person to take out their aggression on any uh, femme person or femme presenting person um, because of their position and their orientation to gender. There's no, there's no rep, there's no explanation for it. No. 
And what bothers me about it, and I will always talk about this, is the culture and the community around it. Because when when other men justify the behavior, oh, that's just how he is. Oh, you know he a shooter. Oh, you know she be talking shit. Or that is when the stuff is perpetuated. That is when we have the hardest time actually overcoming it. And that is when there's an idea that it is okay to mistreat folks just because you are a dude. That is fucked up. And it's it's ridiculous to me because we don't do that with kids. We, we don't, don't say, "Oh, little Sammy, he just he just punches people in the nose every day." We don't. We don't. Well, actually, some people do that. Well, they shouldn't. They it's, shouldn't. It's even worse then. It's and, even worse. And, than. But it's also correctable. It's if we can correct it in kids, why can't we correct it in adults? But can we talk about the fact that this 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 desire to avoid accountability is just so strange to me? It's like. Nobody is asking you to literally fall on a sword and die. This is not like 7th century fucking medieval times. No one's saying that we're going to banish you and hang you over the edge of a bridge and watch you die, right? We are just asking you to acknowledge that you caused harm and then stop causing harm. And the fact that people are so hell-bent on not only not acknowledging, but then causing additional harm to preserve themselves that to me is like damn somebody needs to come and punch you in the fucking mouth (laughs) that seems so funny as the response to that but it makes perfect sense i just don't i just feel like somebody needs to wake you up sometimes you need the equal and opposite somebody needs to wake you up a bigger dude (laughs) where's will smith more toxic masculinity layer it on top that'll fix two, it so if you do a negative and a negative it makes a positive <laughs> y'all don't listen to me okay you know what I'm trying to say you can find my mom and dad aka that black couple on the web at thatblackcouple.com that black couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Video if you would like to help fund our content sign up at www.patreon.com slash video. Please consider giving us $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash media. All donations are welcome. All right, we are back. Mm-hmm. Now, really just to close out this episode, we've been talking about, you know, toxic masculinity and it's really funny because, you know, when you think about where are some examples of that, I feel like it's it's always present. There's always something new popping up for you mm-hmm. to look at. And what's really interesting right now is if you watch Real Housewives of Atlanta, I, I'm not going to say that I recommend anyone watch the show, but I do. OK, it is it is an entertaining show. <laughs> um, but what's happening right now is Drew Sedora, one of the housewives, um, she's married to a man named Ralph Pittman. They're on the show right now, and they have been dealing with a lot of toxic masculinity issues. Last season, they had some. They're continuing this season, and I think it's a really interesting thing. If you do want to watch something in real time where people are, number one, dealing with it and also trying to do better and and grow as individuals Wait, and grow out of that You don't mean situation. he's trying to grow because I don't think he is. Uh, he's, he's trying to, and I, that's why I'm saying mm. in real time because I've heard some of the things that are going to be happening, uh, and I know that's that's – a part of what they're oh, addressing I, I ain't seen it yet. with them. Yeah, it ain't happened yet. The last no. episode was very toxic. Very bad. But I know that's one thing within their marriage that they're working on. So I think it's going to be an interesting watch to see kind of how they deal with that that toxic masculinity and if they are able to to come out better on the other end. Okay, I fucks with that. And then next time 
we are going to critique the black middle class. Oh, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm ready to do it. I'm so ready. And we, we've been talking about certain Ooh. cases and certain people. And oh, get ready, y'all. It's going to be. It's Let's just give be, them a taste. Whew. Jumi Bello. Yeah, if you just just look up Jumi Bello, yeah. and, and that'll be a good primer yeah, for that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and you'll know that once you read what's happening with Jumi Bello, you'll be very ready. Start there. To see what, what we got to say. Love y'all. Bye. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatBLKCouple, on Facebook at ThatBlackCouple, and look us up on the internets at www.ThatBlackCouple.com. Bye.